Hi, I'm Rob Knight, the host of Your Itinerary for Travel and Photography. You're listening to This Week in Photo. Bandwidth for This Week in Photo is provided by the CashFly Content Delivery Network. Send your web content blazingly fast with CashFly. And now, pay as you go. Start with two terabytes free by going to C-A-C-H-E-F-L-Y.com and use the promo code TWIP. TWIP is brought to you by FreshBooks, the simple cloud accounting solution that's helping thousands of new entrepreneurs and small business owners save time billing and get paid faster. Sign up for free at FreshBooks.com and join over 5 million users running their businesses with ease. This is TWIP, episode 451, new gear from Sony and Canon. We're only six weeks into the new year and most of the major camera manufacturers have already announced plenty of new gear for us to spend our money on. Or just lust after if you happen to be living north of the 49th parallel thanks to a weak Canadian dollar. This past week it was Canon and Nikon's turn to announce some new hardware with the introduction of the 1DX Mark II from Canon and the new A6300 from Sony. Sony also announced a new series of E-mount lenses as part of their new G-Master series of lenses. Also in this episode, we'll revisit online backup and discuss Backblaze's latest service designed to help you quickly recover your files in the event of data loss. I'm Bruce Clark, the host of TWIP Weddings, and I'm joined today by wedding photographer extraordinaire, Miss Sarah France, and the nimble photographer himself, Derek Story, from The Digital Story. It's Monday, February 8th, 2016. And this is TWIP. And welcome back to TWIP. As you can probably guess, I am not Frederick Van Johnson. I am Bruce Clark, the host of TWIP Weddings. Uh, Frederick had a, a sudden change in his schedule tonight and wasn't able to join us. But I am joined by two fabulous co-hosts who I know will, will get us through this in one piece. I told Frederick that it was my first call up to host the mothership and I would do my best to not crash the mothership or or dent it or it's like when you borrow mom's car Did you guys ever borrow mom's car and you're just like or dad's car and you'd worried you'd want to scratch it or crash it into something so i told him i would you know be very careful with his baby and not crash it so i'm joined by wedding photographer extraordinaire miss sarah france hello hello and also joined by the the nimble photographer himself and uh, host of the digital story mr derek story hello derek Hello. Good evening. Good evening. Good evening. So, um, Good evening. Sarah, you haven't been on in, in a while. I think Derek, you haven't been on in a while as well. So, what no. uh, what have you guys been up to in the last little while since we've seen you on Twip? I, uh, you want me to go first? I'll go first. Sure. <laughs> Ladies, um, first. it's been super busy. I mean, we're we're in slow season, but that never means um, that it's not busy around here. Uh, I have a team of three photographers now, so it's myself and two other photographers in San Diego, and we haven't announced it yet. But I'll go ahead and share some news with you. We have decided to add another photographer onto our team in Austin, Texas. So oh, wow. we now have France photographers in Austin, Texas, which we're really excited about and we're expanding that and um, building new websites and revamping kind of some of the structure and stuff so it's been really excited and I mean of course we're also getting ready for WPPI which is like right around the corner Awesome. That's fantastic. We've got to get yeah. you on Twip Weddings one of these one of these days. I know, Talk about yeah. associate photographers. Anytime. We haven't had you on yet. So <laughs> we need somebody to keep Robert in check on the show. So <laughs> for sure. <laughs> Excellent. Good stuff. And Mr. Derek Story, what uh, what have you been up to? Been on the road a little bit and uh, just got back from Austin. So Sarah and I were talking about that offline. It was my first visit there and I just loved it. I think it's a 
cool place. Cool place for street shooting, which is what we were doing. I've never and, been, but yeah, it's fun. It's fun. It's a good place. Yeah. What brought you down there? Uh, I was shooting uh, with the Olympus Pen F. Uh, we were testing it and getting ready to write articles about it and all that. So wanted Fantastic. to go somewhere where there was a lot to shoot. It's a street shooting camera, so we wanted to kind of get all streety that way. That's fantastic. We actually talked about that camera a little bit um, last week, I believe. Uh, we had Valerie on the show, and they talked a little bit about the Olympus Pen. So I want to get your, what are your thoughts yeah. on it, you know, that you've yeah. had a chance to kind of go out and play with it and, and shoot with it? Oh, yeah. Yeah. I mean, I wrote a review on it. Um, I mean, personally, I love it. Uh, I think it's a fantastic camera. And uh, I, I got all hooked on the monochrome settings. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, there's a Tri-X setting there, which was my favorite. Uh, black and white film i still shoot it actually sometimes in other cameras and i just got hooked on that and i really had a hard time getting off tri-x i felt like a crack addict or something so yeah yeah. (laughs) reeled you in and wouldn't let you it was really fun prime lenses and tri-x and austin texas was uh was a good combination that's fantastic so that that is that replacing the pen e it doesn't replace anything it's just a whole it's a whole new thing you know, yeah. so you still have the OMD line and you still have the, you know, the EPs. And uh, now this is the the pen F. The big, big difference with the other uh, compared to the other pens is the built in viewfinder, um, which is um, really nice. But yet it still keeps that same rectangular kind of rangefinder uh, shape uh, where the OMDs have more of a DSR, DSLR little hump on top. So, okay. uh, uh, you know, the pen really, really does. If you go on Etsy or one of those sites and you look at the original pen F, which is a wacky camera, it was a half frame. I don't know. <laughs> did you know that? <laughs> half frame. We talked about full frame. <laughs> yeah. No, they, you know, so Olympus has been doing weird stuff for a long time and uh, to, to make things smaller. And so their idea with the original pen F was to go half frame. So you got 72 shots on a roll of 36. And then uh, since it was slicing that, that uh, frame in half, when you're holding it horizontally, you're actually shooting a vertical shot. This is just, just a, a, a wild, okay. wild camera. It's crazy. <laughs> so, so, that does sound a little crazy. It is. So uh, this, uh, this camera now, uh, obviously, you know, it has the orientation correct and everything, but it really uh, harkens back to uh, that design aesthetic from that um, original pen f and it's it absolutely it's a beautiful beautiful camera you just want to look at it and hold it and you know yeah it's got that very retro feel a lot like yeah. the fuji's kind of came along with their line yeah. that had kind of that older kind of retro feel and absolutely yeah, yeah. i mean i i love b- with what both fuji and olympus are doing right now they're both very exciting mm-hmm. yeah mm-hmm. that's fantastic sarah have you um embraced any of the mirrorless or the smaller um cameras or are you still shooting with your 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 canon still right yeah, I'm Canon. So I haven't, I haven't, I've played with some of them and I've definitely, uh, I've shot with some of them and, it, and I love, I like love playing with them, but when it comes to switching my gear, it's a matter of, 
um, I would need to switch like three photographers gear in order for it to, <laughs> so, yeah. uh, it becomes a much bigger issue of ever kind of like jumping onto a whole different platform. So, but I do love it when it comes to, um, like I was actually playing with just for my personal use, like the DXO, I'm sure you guys have talked about that on the show mm-hmm. recently, but mm-hmm. the new DXO, which is really fun and really small. And I just, I'm, you know, I'm a new mom, so I, carrying a baby around and a, you know, any kind of camera is always, it's tricky finding the right kind of setup. But, um, the DxO is a really fun camera to, to take pictures of her and be able to just throw in the diaper bag if I need to. So I've been, I've been really playing with that. I thought as a new mom though, don't you automatically grow that third arm? That, <laughs> right? Isn't that part? You would think. <laughs> I I mean, I definitely need it. If they could figure out how to just like automatically have that happen too, it'd be so great. Yeah. <laughs> so you need to be a nimble photographer when you've got baby on yes, board and, and yes, traveling around. Exactly. Yeah. So would the Olympus Pen F be a good a good pick for Sarah to Yeah, tell me. Nimble? Uh well that's uh, that's a great question. I mean I I mean I think Sarah would I think you'd love the pictures that came out of it for sure. Uh yeah. And uh I mean I think you'd love the film modes on it, which is the other thing that Fuji's doing too. That's that's really cool. I don't know if you'd want to spend eleven ninety nine though for for a baby cam, you know. I, <laughs> <laughs> I don't know. Yeah, I do still pick up my professional camera about yeah. once a month for her specifically. I'm like, okay, yeah, pull yeah. out that camera. But we just had a lifestyle shoot done by my two photographers that work with me. And man, it's so fun to be on the other side of the camera sometimes. And you appreciate yeah, it even yeah. that much more when you have a family. It's really yeah. cool. Yeah. yeah, it's stuff. We we did a shoot a few years ago, just an anniversary shoot, me and my wife. And yeah, it was, you know, it, you put yourself in the client's shoes, you can be on the other side of the lens. You go, oh, this is what it feels like. And uh, you have a little more empathy, I think, when you on the other side of the lens. So Totally. And a well, lot a clearer picture kind of of what your clients are feeling and, and also what they are enjoying or appreciating about it. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. So like I say, you know, when we talked, there's been lots of gear announcements probably over the last, you know, the last month or so. There's been a lot of gear and Icon, you know, announced the D5 a little while ago. We got the Olympus, uh, the Pan F. We had Fuji and making announcements a little while ago. And uh, so our first story uh, this week, we got a little bit of gear news this week. And uh, this week we've got news both from Canon and from Sony. Um, and so just this past week, Canon finally announced uh, the 1DX Mark II. So this is their uh, new flagship camera, kind of it's the top of their top of the Canon line. Um, and so this is the follow up to the 1DX, which I, I happen to own. I own the 1DX. Um, so I was very interested in this announcement. Um, and then I saw the price tag and then I did the <laughs> and then I did the Canadian conversion. And I cried a little bit. inside. Uh. Um, <laughs> Yeah, north of the uh, 49th parallel right now, we're paying a steep price for equipment and gear. Um, uh, street price on this is about 6,000 US, so about 8,000 Canadian, thanks to wow. our weak, lovely, underperforming Canadian dollar. So I don't know if the 1DX Mark II is going to be in my future, but um, let's just quickly look at the specs of this uh, this beast. So um, this is a, they've upgraded the, uh, it's got a 20.2 megapixel um, full frame CMOS sensor. That's up from, I think the, the 1DX is a 18. Um, again, like, you know, it seems to be the trend. Nikon did it with the D5. So Canon's going to follow suit, you know, higher ISO capabilities. 
Um, sensors have been improved to have less noise at higher ISOs, which you know I think we come to expect that now these days. Um, this camera also uh, receives an update to the autofocus system. So it's got a larger 61 point high density reticular AF2 system uh, that boasts 41 cross type points uh, and a coverage that's 8.6% larger uh, in the top and the bottom of the central CF area. Uh, who does the math on that and figures that out, I don't know, but it's got a better, uh, better autofocusing system. Um, dual digit six processors, so they've upgraded that. For blazing performance, you can now shoot up to 16 frames per second when you're in live view mode. So that's uh, new. And they've also added a new um, type of, of card. I had not heard of these before. Um, Derek or Sarah, have you heard of these CFAST cards? And do you know of other cameras using this new card format? It's new. Uh, it's newish. And actually, when I was at a CES, I was asking Lexar about them because it's going, you know, what's going, I mean, there's there's a couple new types of cards out, CFast being one of them. And, you know, they said, you know, we're like everyone else. We're just sort of watching and seeing what the camera manufacturers do because, you know, they're the ones that are going to drive adoption uh, on these. So the fact that it's in this camera, see fast, I, th I think that's, um, you know, that says something, you know, that, yeah. that um, you know, we're going to, but, you know, again, talking about a big pipe, uh, you know, going to that card. So it's pretty exciting. Yeah. Beyond that, I, I, I don't know, you know, much about the uh, internals of it. And, you know, I do know CF is on the way out and, you know, they need something robust. Yeah, I looked at these and, uh, you know, it's going to entail needing a new card reader um, and a new, you know, their new cards are so they're obviously more expensive because they're kind of the bleeding edge of technology. So that was one of the things when I looked at this, at this camera, uh, I was like, mm, I don't need that blazing fast speed. Um, you know, I shoot mostly weddings. I'm not shooting sports and stuff like that. So I very rarely do I ever need that kind of frame unless I have like a, a runaway bride. Uh, that doesn't happen very often. <laughs> Sarah, I don't know if you encounter that or not, if you'd ever need that. Not this week. No, maybe, we're good. Maybe, we're good this week. Yeah. Everybody. Maybe shooting your little one. Maybe shooting the baby. You need those fast frames per second. <laughs> yeah, that's to, for sure. I mean, keep up. there's definitely some speed. It's usually groomsmen or <laughs> that's usually who I'm right. chasing. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> So maybe this isn't a camera geared towards um, Sarah France necessarily, but who, so who do we think this is, you know, the other features on it include this, you know, shoots, shoots a 4k video. So that's another um, mm -hmm. feature of this. At, at 60, at 60 frames, frames right? Yeah, yeah. At 60 frames. Yeah. So, um, I mean, I, I think that's a, that's kind of a big deal. Uh, if, if you look at, okay, well, you know, what is, you know, the way that uh, 5d Mark two, you know, influenced, um, you know, video, work this one you know could could have a big impact on 4k work um, yeah i also thought it was interesting that it has a it has a touch screen lcd and you can touch to focus on the lcd as well yes which again is not something i'm i'm not necessarily going to be using but like videographers or um or even like commercial shooters or people who are doing, you know, like higher end work like that, where they're set up on a tripod and that kind of thing. It, that could be really useful. And yeah. I, and I think that's where Canon likes to try to distinguish itself on, on the high end is, you know, with its video capabilities. So, mm -hmm. you know, this is, you know, if you're <laughs> at this point, if you're deciding between Canon and Nikon, which you're probably not going to at the D5 or <laughs> this camera level, you know, you probably mm -hmm. made up your mind a while back. 
but uh, you know they you know they are different cameras. You know you know when you compare the D5 to this camera, they are different cameras. They do have different strengths and weaknesses. So and I think the 4K videos is a big one on this one. And I, I just yeah. wanted to note on your um, CFAS uh, card thing, I think one of the sites uh, was having um, a special. I think it was B and H where you could get the camera for 6,000 and you would get uh, one card and a reader as part of that. It was like kind of a introductory offer. So I thought that was okay. kind of neat, you know, kind of ease the pain a little bit there. A little bundle. Yeah. yeah. So Save it's that I, I also noticed that they're, they're also compact flash compatible. So they have, they have CF in, in them. Did I read that right? Yeah, I think you did. I think. Okay. Uh, Cause I was, I was like, okay, so they're still using compact flash as an option. I'm guessing that there's like two card slots. If the, if the CFAST cards are, are like different cards, if yes. they need a different card reader. So yes, so it's got yeah. one of each one compact flash slot and one CF fast slot. Hmm. So if you want That's to utilize that, and I, I know in my camera, I use that second CF um, slot as my backup. So, you know, I have it set so that every time I'm capturing a frame it's it's writing a second um, raw yeah. file to that second card um it's so important you know shooting yeah. a wedding i've had cards yeah. go on me yeah and so and we we actually use the second card slot for shooting like a high-res jpegs as okay. it, it, you know could be a backup as well but also um just so we can quickly uh grab some images and and do some edits do previews do something the day of if we want to uh but what I didn't see in the announcement that I'm I'm wondering that I love in some of the options that they have with some of the other Canons is the capabilities of being able to send an image to yourself yeah. um, from a camera. It should be in every single camera. Yeah. It it needs agreed. I, I, Amen, not, sister. I don't know if for sure if it's not in this one. I didn't see it in. It's not built in. It's an okay. add-on accessory that you have to bolt onto the side of it bolts but, on to yeah, the side. it's a little it's a thing that plugs in on the side of the camera and yeah i agree oh. i mean this one has built-in gps so this is the first time they've put built-in gps into the camera but no yeah. wi-fi and i was like wah, yeah. wah. like really come on guys it's 2016 Seriously. wi-fi should just be in there <laughs> and the is it the 7d has the capabilities in it we've actually been considering buying one of those just for that capability which is ridiculous the yeah. fact that it that doesn't make sense to me, but I'm sure they're listening to this podcast going, just wait, just wait. There's a, you it's know, coming. Mark IV coming. And if, I mean, honestly, if the 5D Mark IV doesn't have that capability, I mean, I might even <laughs> consider switching. <laughs> yeah. At this point, <laughs> come on. I'm at that stage too. I was at a wedding recently with a friend of mine and she was shooting the Nikon D, what was it now? The 800? I think it was. Okay. And it had built-in Wi-Fi. And yeah, she had some amazing shots and she wanted to Instagram them and get them up right away. And she, so we were at dinner and she was just on her phone and she just was able to post up a couple of images really quick on Instagram from her camera. And I'm like sitting there oh looking gosh. at my camera going, well, I could take a picture of the back of my screen, <laughs> but I pretty much have I to know. wait until I get home to do anything with these images. So it was kind of sad. Right. So yeah, the fact this doesn't have Wi-Fi in it was kind of bad. I mean, you can get it, but again, it's another like, I don't know how yeah, much it is, a $700 something yeah. accessory that you got to plug no on No brainer. Like, it needs to be in a $6,000 camera. Come on. Yeah. That's the only. I guess they figure if you can afford a $6,000 camera, you can afford the $700 <laughs> Wi-Fi attachment that goes. So yeah. Canon, if you're listening, please, for the love of God, put Wi-Fi in the 5D Mark IV. Please, please. <laughs> Whenever oh my that goodness. comes I don't, out. I don't want 
I don't want to jump ship. I love it there. I love Derek, it did the do the Olympic uh, Olympic Olympus cameras? Did they have the the Wi Fi and all that built into them? Yeah. Oh well, see that's that's one of the things about the whole mirrorless realm. Whether it's Olympus, Panasonic, Sony, uh, Fujifilm, they're all really good about having all that stuff in there. So mm-hmm. you know, you you don't even think about it. You know, you wouldn't even ask the question. They wouldn't even dare yeah, come out. Just, with they all it. have it. They just yeah. have it. They just have it. That's yeah. that's the way it is. Uh, it's you know, uh, Canon's an odd duck this way, and I mean, I can say this because. I don't upgrade my Canon cameras very often, but, you know, I still shoot with them. And they're just odd because they love to separate out features among models. And I did, that is just, to me, I don't know, so 1990 thinking, you know. Very Apple-esque. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> but how they consider it a consumer, something to offer on a lower version of a camera or a lower grade camera, a less expensive camera, and not our professional cameras just it's, blows my mind. It is. You know, it's just like, just put it in. Just put yeah. it in for Pete's sakes, you know. You know, because you can distinguish the camera. I mean, look at all the, you know, the cross AF sensors it has and, you know, the speed at which it can capture in four frame, uh, 60 frames a second on 4K. Okay, there's, you know, there's your, you know, differences. Yeah. You, you don't need to, to, to nitpick on these little things. So uh, yeah. the, mirrorless, yeah, exactly. the mirrorless realm is, is really a lot more fun, uh, you know, when it comes to just having all that stuff in there. We're just we're just old and stodgy. That's it. Canon's old and stodgy with these. <laughs> you don't get that. It, it befuddles me. It does. It does. It yeah. really does. Don't get that Wi-Fi in my camera. <laughs> Maybe it was just timing or like a slight, you know, uh, we don't want to hold on. I don't know. But I'm excited for the <laughs> right, next this, version. This new fangled Wi-Fi thing. This new Wi-Fi. <laughs> what is this thing they want? Photos on, the, on their phones? What? I don't oh. understand. Yeah, then we have to. Oh. Update all the apps and oh god, oh, this is so much goodness. work. <laughs> just I think for one thing, Instagram, yeah, just all for Instagram. Yeah. <laughs> um, one you, one of the things though that was kind of interesting about this one is it does have built-in image optimization. Um, yeah, so they have I was this new about that. Yeah. digital lens optimizer technology. So it stores information about the optical flaws of lenses and then digitally fixes those things on the fly with virtually zero decrease in camera speed. So for the first time in a Canon. SLR, the, can, the camera can automatically correct for peripheral brightness, uh, chromatic aberration, distortion, uh, diffraction, uh, sort of things that you previously had to correct in post-production. So I thought that was kind of interesting that they've added that um, capability to it as well. Yeah, that's really cool. I, I The chromatic aberration is one that we have a lot, of, we have issues with all the time, even, uh, I mean, I have the latest versions of, of all of the lenses and we still have a ton of issues with chromatic aberration. So that would be really nice to have. Yeah. For those who don't know, what do you want to just briefly explain? Like when, when do you see it? When yeah. does it occur? Well, the mo- the easiest thing we actually, one of our photographers has a really hard time visually seeing it. Like the color for her is hard to pick up, I think, yeah. from her eye. So it's pretty much anytime you're shooting a tree backlit. <laughs> okay. There you go. If it's a tree and it's there backlit. There is chromatic aberration. Like, just find it. <laughs> just go ahead and and correct for it automatically. So, um, that's the. It basically is lines that show up. Um, I'm sure there's a technical way to explain it, but for the people trying to figure out what I'm talking about, there are lines that show up around the edges of where the light is is coming through the trees uh, that are are like purple or magenta. Um, in hue, sometimes a little on the blue side in hue. And so 
um, it just makes the, the whole tree kind of look purple or um, magenta in in tone, just just slightly. So yeah, almost you, like a faint like rim light around the edges yeah, of it, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah. So you have to correct for it in post in post and it 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 doesn't have to be time consuming if you know how to do it right but if you if you miss it and post an image it's um it's definitely something anytime there's a tree shot just go ahead and adjust for it. <laughs> right. Go in there automatically. So that'll so, be something yeah. in the in, in this. So what I was trying to figure out though when I was reading about it on the in the Canon camera is that corrections only for the JPEGs because um you know, the technically the RAWs aren't oh. being processed in camera. So Ooh, that's a good you know, question. So, yeah. So I'm just guessing. I don't, you know, I, I would have to dig a little deeper on that. But my guess is that 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 new feature is for JPEGs. Uh, that oh. would be, that would make sense. Because, you know, sense. it's the old thing the JPEGs the cake and the RAWs the batter. <laughs> oh where did i hear that the first time oh my gosh you're taking me back when i first heard that um, i'm like yeah did you bake the cookie or not you know yeah, like yeah, is it baked yeah, or is yeah. it not that's right that's right it's great very good well you know time will tell i guess once this gets out in the field and people start using it and when the reviews start rolling in um, i'm still waiting i'm gonna hang on i'm gonna wait for the mark four and we'll see. I, I, I think it's got to be coming soon. The you know the last one when the 1DX was announced last time, the Mark 5D Mark III was announced. I think it was only a couple of months after the 1DX. And I had actually pre-ordered the 1DX. And then there was some delays last time. Um, they had a delay of about six to eight months uh, before it came out from when it was originally supposed to come out. And during that time, they announced and released the, the Mark III. And for me, I looked at it and the specs on the Mark III were, were what I needed as a wedding photographer. And so I actually moved my deposit and picked up a 5D Mark III. And then about six months later, I, I needed another body and I ended up picking up a 1DX as well. And um, I will the one thing I will say about the 1DX that I love, I mean, it's a heavy beast. Like you're definitely not, if you're looking at the video, it's, you're not a nimble photographer with this camera. It's heavy. <laughs> Um, but it's, it's really well built and it is solid as a brick. I have fallen in a Creek with this thing, um, on an engagement session. It was very embarrassing. I fell right in the Creek, right camera, right in the water, in the mud, pulled it out and it was covered like caked in mud and everything else. I kind of wiped it off and carried on with the shoot and it was fine. No problems, no issues. So, I mean, if you're shooting in extreme environments, I know Martin Bailey shoots a lot of like cold, you know, in the cold weather and different things like that. So I, I think, you know, the durability and the the ruggedness of this camera is really I like it so mm -hmm. yeah so we'll see we'll see what it does I'll maybe get a chance to play with it maybe they'll have it at WPPI we'll have a chance to take one out for a test drive yes and see yes <laughs> <laughs> so our second story uh, comes to us from uh, Sony Alpha Universe and and this might be maybe of interest to Derek this is more along the lines of a nimble something a nimble photographer might carry around. And that's the introduction of the new A6300, yeah. uh, which is the replacement to the very popular A6000. And we were actually recording Pip Weddings, I think last week when they made this announcement and Robert Evans was really excited about this. And, and because he shoots a lot with his A6000, he shoots a lot of sports. And so he was very excited about this. So if you, both of you had a chance to kind of check out the, the latest from Sony and what there? Well, I mean, I, I definitely looked at the camera online. I haven't seen it in, in person or had a preview of it or anything. But, I mean, this is this is a body that has done great for them in its previous, you know, version. And I anticipate this one is too. And, 
you know, they're, you know, they're really on fire right now, Sony, I think. Uh, and I, I think this camera is going to, going to just continue that. I was actually a bit more interested in the lenses, you know, the three lenses, mm-hmm. the masters. Yes. Mm-hmm. Yeah. That, that was and, the other announcement. Yeah. yeah. The G. <laughs> um, and those, you know, I'm fascinated uh, by them because on, on one level, uh, you know, Sony's doing, I think, what they feel like they have to do, which is compete with, you know, the biggies. They're a biggie now, too, of course. But yep. compete with the other biggies uh, in terms of optics. And, you know, that would be, you know, Nikon and Canon in particular there uh, by having, you know, these these pro-level optics. And, they, you know, the three they released definitely are in that category. At the same time, we're not putting these on a big DSLR, we're putting them on a, a much smaller body. And so, you know, the, you put, uh, you know, the, the 2470 2.8 on, you know, a DSLR body, it, it balances okay. It's all heavy, but it, it, it balances. Yeah. And, um, you know, you start putting these optics on a little on a smaller mirrorless camera and it's kind of up odd configuration you know it's a little odd so on one hand i'm excited about the quality of the optics and on the other hand i'm going man that's big on a mirrorless body so uh and of course expensive too yes yeah so uh you're then you start to go well then why am i shooting mirrorless and i mean you know then you know all sorts of things start to happen to my head uh yeah (laughs) because the equation is getting thrown off when the lenses to me are the same size as dslr lenses yeah, it'll be yeah. interesting to see. Um, Sarah, did you get a chance to look at these? And yeah, I mean, the lenses look awesome, and 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 I assume they work with the A seven R two as well, and and I think that's probably what they're more like meant for. <laughs> I, yes. I would assume yes. with yeah. an eighty five one point four. I mean, if I was a professional shooter um, with a Sony setup, I, I'd be super excited to have like a really small body like this that I could use my professional lenses with, or have like a, you know, a travel lens that's, that's not this robust, which is really great. I have a friend that just recently switched from Canon to Sony with the A7R2. And I've been really fascinated with like his whole process and, and watching, um, watching his images and what he's, what he's been getting. And also just the whole process of switching. And his name's David Manning. I, I shot his wedding, uh, last year he just got married and they went on a honeymoon. And of course he, he took all of his gear with him on the honeymoon stuff was sending back a, a ton of, uh, images and great stuff. And, He's taken some pictures of my daughter with his A7R2, and the, the images are are great. I, I'm loving them, and they're, one of their weaknesses has really been uh, lenses. And now with these announcements, obviously, um, two really really important lenses to mm-hmm. like wedding photographers, of course, and that the 85 1.4, uh, the Canon 1.2 is absolutely one of my absolute favorite lenses so the 85 1.4 i think is going to be a really great portrait lens for 
for Sony shooters and the fact that you could throw it on to a small camera if you wanted to is is nice for professional shooters, but I agree with you a little bit. And then like the picture that they show with, I think it's the 85 on. It's on the 85 the, is when you see a lot. <laughs> yeah. On the A6300 <laughs> is like, uh, okay, that doesn't make it. It looks a little top a little heavy. Yeah. yeah. I'm yeah. like. Here's your, I mean, obviously you're holding a lens, not a camera at that point. Exactly. <laughs> you are holding and, the lens. And I feel that way a little bit with their A7R too. Um, A7R two is like, that was one of my concerns with it is I'm like, this body just, I don't know if I could hold on to it and really feel like it fits in my hand properly. It's, it's just a little too small. It feels a little like, I, I don't right know how to grip onto it i'm not saying anything i'm secure. not saying anything <laughs> <laughs> you're like i am leaving that one no, I am not yet. <laughs> <laughs> so that's because some of the drawbacks i think and some of the reasons that um i haven't been really like seriously considering uh switching but it was really sweet when he was able to send me a photo that we took on the beach um of my daughter in a cute little mermaid outfit immediately right after the shoot yeah. <laughs> and yeah, it I has got right away <laughs> it and has I was wi-fi. like dang it so um, yeah that's some yeah I, I think i think sarah makes a lot of good points i mean you know these these lenses are exciting you know just optically mm-hmm. speaking you know they're exciting and, and and i think it shows a commitment by sony you know to 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 serious photography you know that you know they're they're not only you know going to put great electronics in their cameras they're going to they're going to create, you know, optics that that serious shooters appreciate. So, I think uh, bottom line is that it's good news. It's interesting news, and it's going to be. I mean, I I want to see one. I want to I mm-hmm. want to shoot with one. I want to see how it feels, and I want to see how the images look, and all that good stuff. I, basically, yeah. on that eighty five, I want to see what happens to the backgrounds and how it shoots wide open mm-hmm. and all that good stuff. Yeah, I believe they're good. they'll be at WPPI, so yeah, they um, will. Yeah, it's be a chance to kind of try them out there. I know that uh, like a few episodes ago, I sat down with Robert, and he and I talked about Robert Evans, and I talked to him about kind of why he made the switch to Sony as a professional wedding photographer, and it's quite interesting talking to him about it. But he he he, we were recording a, another episode when this announcement was happening, and he was excited about the A sixty three hundred, but when the when they announced these G Master uh, E mount lenses his eyes lit up and he was so <laughs> excited about having these. So they basically to recap what they announced, yeah. they announced um, three new lenses. They're these G master E-mount lenses. There's a 24 to 70 constant uh, F 2.8 and 85 uh, 1.4, as Sarah mentioned. And then also a 72, a 70 to 200 uh, 2.8 as well. So three lenses that are, you know, I think if you ask most wedding photographers, those would probably be the three lenses that a lot of wedding photographers would want to spend the day with. Yeah, I mean, um, I mean, two of those, the two zooms are definitely desert island lenses. You know, if yeah. if you could only take one to a desert island, it's going to be one of those two lenses. You know, yeah, so. yeah, absolutely. Yeah, so. so, so yeah, it'll be interesting times to see. And then, of course, the A sixty three hundred is kind of the follow up to the A, the A six thousand. Now, the the one, uh, I guess, the big selling point that they're um, uh, of this one is that the it's got the uh, new focus system this 4d focus system that can lock focus on a subject in as little as 0.05 seconds and they're claiming that it's the world's fastest af acquisition time and it has uh 425 phase detection af points um and what else did they say it's um good you know for sports it'll shoot i think up to i believe uh, 
where did I see it? I think 11 frames per second with continuous autofocus. And then this other uh, kind of new feature is that it has, it supports full live view sort of continuous framing on the true finder on the, or the LCD up to eight frames per second. So you sort of get that real time shooting experience that kind of like say combines the benefits of an electronic viewfinder with the immediacy of a through the lens optical viewfinder. So I thought that was pretty interesting. So um, I know Robert shoots some sports on the sidelines and he said it's a great um, camera for that. He shoots a lot of sports with his A6000 and uh, finds that it works really good. You know, it's, it's tiny. So, you know, he'd get the pro shooters with their big, you know, 1DXs and stuff kind of looking at, you know, look at the little guy with a little cute little camera. And then they would come over because they were curious and they'd want to see and they'd see the images that he was getting with it. And they were sort of a little bit taken aback by by the quality and, and that that he could get. So it's a thousand bucks. Thousand bucks. A thousand so, bucks. Mm. Thousand bucks. Thirteen so fifty if you're up here in Canada. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> so, so you, you, you could like buy six. You could buy six of them and, ha- and start your own company. You know, uh, for you know, my cat's doing something weird here. I gotta go get her. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, I'm really intrigued. I want to have a close look yeah. at these. Um, I definitely, you know, um, I'm I'm not getting any younger. Um, and just lugging around all the heavy gear and all the heavy lenses and all the bodies, it's, it takes its toll, particularly on a long wedding day, an eight or 12 or 14 hour wedding day, you're lugging that gear around with you. It can get tiring. So the, it's very appealing to, to look at something with a smaller lightweight, you know, with a good image quality and some of these features. So I'm definitely uh, more and more uh, impressed with what Sony is doing and more and more intrigued to check out their gear. So Sony, if you're listening, feel free. You can send me some cameras. I'd be more than happy <laughs> to, to test They're just them. down the street from me if you need me to go swing by and pick something up. Right. That would be great. Yeah, just pop in. <laughs> They've got a really great team over there. I worked I worked with them kind of with some of the like their first introductions, which of course weren't nearly as fantastic as what they've got coming out now. So, um, but they're a really great team, great crew. Yeah, and the artisans are there. Some really good photographers there too. So, mm-hmm. yeah, they got it going on. They do. Yep, absolutely, good stuff. All right. Well, after uh, after this a quick break, we're going to revisit uh, cloud backup, and we're going to talk about a service that Backblaze is offering uh, for users to restore their data in the event of a crash. A free hard drive, sort of. This episode of This Week in Photo is brought to you by FreshBooks, the easy-to-use invoicing solution that's helping freelancers and small business owners get organized and save time invoicing. You can try FreshBooks for free. Just head over to freshbooks.com twip and enter twip in the how did you hear about us section when you sign up. And as I've said on This Week in Photo before, We use FreshBooks as the back end to basically run most of the stuff behind the scenes on this business to keep the lights on and to keep everybody happy. Because as we all know, as creative professionals, we're not necessarily focused on capturing our income, expenses, and tracking billable time and all that. And I think the reason that we don't capture all of those things is simple. It's boring. We're creatives. We like fun stuff. We like Photoshop and Lightroom and you know, all these other cool things that let us express that side of our brain. And thankfully, FreshBook offers us as small business owners a way to quickly and easily keep track of our time and money without disrupting our workflow or 
you know, sort of messing with our creative juices. With FreshBooks, you can invoice clients. It's easy. You can do it in seconds. And expenses can be automatically imported so that you don't have to lift a finger. You're just doing the stuff on the back end while you do other cool stuff. You can even track billable time as easy as starting a timer on your, on your mobile phone. You can whip up business reports. You can stay on top of your income, expenses, and tax time is coming up. So with a couple of clicks, you can generate reports for your CPA or your accountant so that you're staying out of trouble. So grab some popcorn, learn how to fresh books by watching some of their free getting started webinars. I'm a big fan of webinars and they've got some excellent ones online for you to check out. Once again, if you want to check FreshBooks out, you can just head over to freshbooks.com slash TWIP, enter the code This Week in Photo or TWIP in the How Did You Hear About Us section to start your free 30-day trial. All you need is an email address to, uh, to try FreshBooks for free for 30 days. Just go over to freshbooks.com slash TWIP and enter TWIP in the How Did You Hear About Us section. And we want to thank FreshBooks for their support of This Week in Photo. All right, continuing on with our uh, our final story here, and this is uh, courtesy of The Verge, and uh, I thought this was kind of would be kind of interesting, a uh, little bit of a discussion. Um, so Backblaze, if those of you who are familiar with Backblaze, is an online uh, cloud backup service, and they're making it a bit easier and cheaper to restore all of your data if your computer should ever crash or you know get lost or get stolen. Um, so the company has always let su- subscribers pay $189 if you wanted to receive an external hard drive with a full copy of your backup. But maybe you don't need yet another external drive that'll just end up sitting around collecting dust. So now Backblaze is giving customers another option. Send it back within 30 days for a full refund. So all you have to do is cover the shipping costs and then uh, you just send the drive back to them. So interesting, I wanted to ask both of you guys kind of what you're on like. Because one of the big, I think, challenges with online backup is just the, the the files we're creating these days the cameras are getting you know putting out bigger files and the pipeline that we are dealing with even though it's getting bigger is still getting a little bit overwhelmed and if you ever have a crash getting your data back off that system could take days weeks months possibly um so what do you guys think of this new option from backblaze where you can actually get a drive shipped to you and then send it back and just cover the cost of shipping I love the option because I I use Backblaze. <laughs> yep. And I've I've always wondered like I've been really like thinking maybe we shouldn't use Backblaze. I don't know. What if I had a crash? Like would it really work? Does it is it really like syncing and uploading enough? So we've been kind of looking into that cuz honestly it's been I've been running it almost like a like a heaven forbid, I've got, I've already got three other backups, but just heaven forbid, let's just run Backblaze, you know, as an, as another option. But I love that idea of having the option to have it send an external hard drive. And that, that makes a huge difference to me. Yeah, it makes total sense. Derek, what do you think? Are you using a cloud backup solution? No, I mean, uh, you know, my iPhone gets backed up to the cloud. <laughs> yep. <laughs> Those are valuable shots, though. Um, yep. uh, but uh, beyond that, no, I don't use cloud because for the other stuff, it, to me, it's it's a little bit of a pain. But I do like this idea. I, th- I think this is really neat because, I mean, the last thing I want to do is restore, you know, everything I've lost via the cloud. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that sounds horrible. Um, yeah. So, uh, you know, getting the drive and then being able to copy it and then send it back and get your you know money minus the shipping. That's good. That's good stuff. I think that's uh, you know listening to their customers is what I feel like it is. Yeah. 
Yeah, and it's interesting because I use I happen to use um, Crash Plan, and they actually moved away from the ability to restore from a hard drive, so you can't get that option anymore with them. So it's it's mm -hmm. I, I kind of think Backblaze is definitely going in the right the right yeah, direction. In terms of options. Seems odd if you have it to get rid of it. I mean, yeah, I'm not sure why they decided to go that route, but they did. Um, so what what I was finding for me anyway, and probably Sarah, you run into this as well, is, is sometimes it's it's like this treadmill that the gopher can never run fast enough to catch up. Like we're, we're continually, yeah. you know, we, we get the peak of wedding season and we're throwing, you know, two, three, 400 gigs at it a week and it just can never get caught up and never get it all backed up. I know, which makes me, I mean, the time I'm the most concerned is like right after we shoot a wedding. Because um, once I get it edited and posted to, you know, the cloud in different places and stored in different places, that's, it's pretty hard to, to lose. So, but that's what I kind of wonder with Backblaze is, is can it keep up? Because of my initial backup, I'm pretty sure took two months. Yeah. So now I feel like, well, should I just cut it off or keep it going? And, you know, now that it's, but I, I guess it really depends on what I lose and at what point, um, because it doesn't, it, the backup speed over the internet is not fast. No. So is you it going to be good what I need? Speed, right. And, and a yeah. lot of internet uh, providers now, I know up here in Canada, uh, they're cracking down on your data limits. They didn't used to really care that much. Um, but now they're starting to, you know, we're getting notifications and saying, oh, you've used up, you know, 85% of your monthly data limits. You can either, you know, upgrade your plan or get unlimited data for an extra whatever, $15, $20 a month, something like that. So I know they're starting to crack down on it. Mm -hmm. A lot of the big internet providers up here in Canada, of which we only have a couple to choose from. Are kind of doing that and they're cracking down so it makes it even more expensive to do the online backup option yeah. i actually i had mine was caught in this loop i had replaced a drive and it didn't recognize it as a new so it started rebacking up the drive over again from last year's all last year's weddings and it was like it was it told me it was gonna take like seven more months and so i finally canceled i canceled <laughs> 2015's backup and said scrap it. I've got it already offsite. It's on drives. It's offsite somewhere. I just restarted from the beginning of 2016 and now it's all caught up and it's happy. So we'll see how long that lasts. So, but at least it gives me that if it's caught up, you know, that night of when I shot the wedding or what have you, yeah. at least then it's by the morning when I wake up, it's, I know it's out of the house in terms of the cloud. That's but, good. But you know, then I take steps after that to make sure I've got you know, yeah, proper backups. We do other site, things, so. but I, I, I need to test it to see like how long it actually takes to see if I'll, I'm gonna actually take it seriously ever. Yeah. <laughs> right now, it's like this thing I pay for that, it, just in case it might save my butt someday. You know. Yeah, I bought but another I device, and I don't know whether you guys heard of this thing. It was kind of a Kickstarter device called a Lima. Did you hear about this device? Mm. Uh -uh. Yeah. So it was a Kickstarter. Um, initiative and then it made a big splash at CES and it was kind of the little darling of CES and it's basically you plug it into your router and then you can connect a hard drive to it and it, it creates a private cloud for you that you can then access from your tablet, any computer, any device, anything like that. Um, that's the premise of the of the device. Um, I have a return label that it's getting shipped back tomorrow. So um, <laughs> so that's Aww, my non-pick of the week. <laughs> <laughs> Poor Lima. Well, Poor well, Lima. Well, yeah, well, it's just well, not. Well, a, it's, yeah, it's still a beta product. It just it was slow and it was just not. It's not ready for prime time. So, 
I thought maybe that might be an option for some kind of cloudish private. They cloud should storage. put a thing on there, not for wedding photographers. Not, <laughs> <Should> I, yeah. <laughs> not for anybody right now. I don't oh, think. Oh really? Was, oh yeah. wow. Yeah, it was just too cumbersome and complicated, and didn't do really what it said it would do. So that's a but, rough sledding there. You know that that happens with Kickstarter projects from yeah. what, what I've heard. Yeah. So <laughs> there are some good ones out there, but mm, yeah, that, that one was a swing and a miss, I think. So yeah. oh well, that's how it goes. All right. Well, I think we've kind of tackled that one pretty good. So let's move on. And uh, we've got a listener question and it's a timely question. Uh, so each week we answer a question from one of our listeners. And this week we got a question from Jason. And of course, we've got all this new gear that's been announced and coming out. So Jason's wondering, where's the best place to sell off your used camera equipment? With all the new hardware that's coming out, I'm thinking of selling off some of my old gear to raise some funds for the new stuff. What do you guys think? There's there's some good options out there. Uh, I mean, depending on what you're willing to pay for fees, um, <clears throat> I'm always moving stuff through. Uh, so I I use actually, in all honesty, I use Amazon a lot to sell. Uh, yep. just, I'm mm-hmm. an Amazon reseller, and uh, I just like it because uh, Amazon runs a tight ship. They hold our feet to the fire as sellers. We we have to you know play by the rules and and um, and then as a buyer, you know, being a seller, I have more buyer, uh, more confidence as a buyer that way. The fees are up there a little bit. Uh, I think I want to say they're, uh, I, I don't want to quote off the top of my head and get it wrong. I feel like it's around um, 10%, uh, maybe okay. you know, somewhere around that on the fees. Um, but, uh, you know, it's, that's not a bad way to go. If I want to sell face-to-face, I use Craigslist for, if I want to, mm-hmm. you know, just, hand it to somebody and have them look at it. I think Craigslist that nice that way. Um, the uh, eBay thing, I, I have mixed feelings about um, more as a buyer. I, um, I've, I've had yeah. more issues as a buyer, especially for out-of-country sellers, some areas in particular. Um, so I, I'm not quite as warm and cozy on, on the eBay thing. And then there's what Fred Miranda, I think, is kind of cool. And Etsy is kind of cool. So hmm. there's yeah. some there's some good stuff out there, you know. Oh, uh, I never yeah. thought of Etsy as a place to sell. Yeah, uh, I know, me neither. Yeah, if uh, especially for older stuff, you know. I mean, the thing about Amazon that's nice oh, if it's yeah. currently in the catalog, uh, in their catalog, it's it's a real easy sell because you end up on pages, you know. And there's also eight others by these guys, you know. But if it's something that's not current, uh, somewhere like Etsy's nice because people go there looking more for older stuff and vintage. Hmm. That makes sense. Okay. That's yeah. A good point. For selling stuff that kind of, I agree in that we use like uh, Craigslist for face to face. I really enjoy that. I have had some issues with eBay. I did not enjoy that experience. And I think that I, I really like the face to face or selling to someone that I know typically. So the other place that we sell stuff is on our like Facebook group for local San Diego photographers. Oh, if we're cool. selling stuff, um, I do have a team of three photographers. So most of my gear goes to them. Uh, if I'm, you know, if I decide I want to get new gear, but mostly I sell my gear to them when they want something that I have. And then I just get a new one. Nice, <laughs> so nice. so that's keeps... really why you have associate photographers. So you can have the hand <laughs> I get down, refreshed right? gear all the time. Okay. I've always got yep. the great gear, which is really nice, but yep. it's also really important for me to keep, them having really good gear too. So they're, we're getting rid of like one of our lenses this year that's been to Canon a couple 
too many times that I had and then is now one of my associate owns. So we're getting to that point where at some point, like 10 years down the line, a lens maybe needs to, you know, go to someone who isn't so particular about how sharp the image is and how perfect it is and not have the overuse that we do with gear. So yeah, the lenses are really great, but when do you think is the best time to sell something that's current? Maybe not something that's an older camera, but something current. Like say, say they announce the 5D Mark IV tomorrow and Zero, you want to sell your, your Mark III. Do you think like yeah. right when they announce it is the best time to sell it or you wait a little bit? Well, I think if you're a smart buyer, that's when you go looking because there are a lot of people who just do it no matter if it's a good time or not. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> they, they just, just want, want to the get latest, rid of it. Yeah. yeah. So, and, and I'm probably one of those. I'm like, all right. On with the new. Yeah. Uh, but it's always great to keep your old cam, the one camera that you had as a backup camera and get rid of your backup camera. If it's like an older one, it's like upgrading your backup camera at the same right. time. So um, that that's what we do typically. And then you're selling an older camera that is a totally different audience than who's looking at the brand new camera that's coming out. Right. So it doesn't really matter when yeah. in that case. And, and then the the one tip I would say is, is uh you know really rate your stuff you know carefully, uh it, yeah. because that's really important for your reputation. And don't overrate your don't say, hey this is like new you know and well is it really like new? I mean look at it you know very closely like if you were the buyer, and and rate accordingly because. Uh, if you want happy customers, uh, the two things you can do when you're selling is is ship fast and and be conservative on your rating and people will be much happier. Right. Yeah. If you yeah. say it's a 10 out of 10 and they get it and it's a four out of 10, they'll be. Yeah. Well, don't be that far off. Or even an eight out of 10. <laughs> but uh, even, yeah. I mean, I, I, I've seen that rating my stuff that I feel is like new, uh, very good, hasn't hurt my sales at all. And uh, it's made for happy customers. Yeah, that's good. Yeah, the buy and sell groups locally, I think, are are, are really good here too. Um, have you guys ever heard, I don't know if there's any issues with, you know, selling on Craigslist or meeting people if there's potential for, you know, you always hear warnings of, you know, make sure you meet no. them out front of a police station or yeah. something like just so there's no, you know, you don't, you don't get mugged or something. I just, I meet I, them in a Starbucks. It's fine. You know, yeah. and, you know, yeah. they, they get frisky. There's a whole lot of people around, you know, I, <laughs> I don't know. <laughs> so no With dark buying, alleys. Or, I, think, you know, yeah. I think it's more about making the customer like comfortable with it because buying yeah, on Craigslist yeah. is scarier than selling on Craigslist in my opinion and I'm I'm a female so you know with expensive camera gear maybe wait maybe I should be paying more to know <laughs> I mean I would meet them in a public place too and be careful but I think for this for the buyer they're buying really expensive gear and it's really hard sometimes if you don't know what you're getting to you know just be careful of knockoffs and things yeah, like that I that agree. you know know yeah. for sure what you're getting yeah yeah very good well that's some good advice for jason and i want to thank him for sending this question if you have a question you'd like answered on a future episode of the show just visit thisweekinphoto.com and click on the submit a question link to send us a question or you can also leave us a voice message so after this uh, quick break we will share our picks of the week there's a new photography conference on the scene and it's called out of chicago and it's the brainchild of my friend chris smith 
The event happens in Chicago, June 24th through 26th, and this will be the third year and the biggest yet. This year, the lineup of speakers is kind of incredible, featuring amazing photographers and educators like Rick Salmon, Brian Peterson, Scott Bourne, Valerie Jardin, and even myself. There'll be cool workshops, portfolio reviews, photo walks, photo crawls, and a ton more. And I'll be leading several workshops, including the time-traveling photographer, the photographer's guide to marketing, and more. Plus, we'll be recording an episode of TWIP live in front of an audience, so you can join us and ask questions, and maybe you'll even make it into the show. So here's a really good part. For a limited time, the Out of Chicago team is knocking $100 off the registration price if you use the code TWIPCHICAGO when you sign up. Remember, this event happens June 24th through 26th, so sign up now and use the code TWIPCHICAGO to get a full $100 knocked off of the ticket price. Just head over to twip.pro slash OOC to see all the details. That's twip.pro slash OOC. And I'll see you in the Windy City. All right, uh, let's jump back into our picks of the week. Uh, each week we will choose a photography-related item. As long as it's photography-related, it can be anything. Uh, so, ladies first, Sarah, what have you got? What's your pick of the week? So, my pick of the week is WPPI. Um, if you don't know what it is, which I have run into several people who don't know what it is, so uh, I'll definitely tell you, but it's an international conference. It's wedding and Portrait Photographers International, and photographers come from literally all over the world for this conference. Um, last time I checked, I think it was like 12,000 photographers attended. Yep. Uh, it is the most amazing thing, and I can tell you that when I started as a photographer, I don't think I want to tell you how many years ago that was, but it was a lot, it was quite a while ago. It um, was the first thing that I attended that I felt like really changed my life. Like it was amazing to see um, just all of the products and all of the services and the education, like everything around it is amazing. So there's, uh, there's courses every single day. There's multiple courses for you to choose from. Platform classes are completely free. You can go to any class you want. Just deciding which one to go to is the hardest part. Yeah, yeah. We actually, um, on, on our Facebook and on our blog, put together a list of the classes that we are going to be attending and that we feel like are the most important. So you can always check those out, um, francephotographers.com. Oh, nice. We'll put a link to that in the show notes. Yeah, that would be great. And then we also, um, I'm speaking this year. I, I've, I've spoken, I think, five or six times now. I'm doing a platform class Tuesday morning at 830. Um, and this one's on, on basically building an associate, a different kind of associate team. Uh, so I'm really excited about that. But honestly, if, if I wasn't speaking, I would, st it, this would still be my pick uh, of the year because I feel like if there's one thing that you want to do to completely change your perspective on your business and um, take it to the next level, you can find it here. If it's not here, I don't know where you're going to find it because uh, there's all sorts of uh, education, like I said, 
Um, every major company is there. They have products for you to to see and use. Canon will be there with all of their gear for you to check out. Plus, they have all sorts of um, classes and stuff at different booths. So you can find me at a few different booths and uh, spaces there too. So I would love to meet you if you're a TWIP listener. Please come up and say hello and tell me um, that you heard me on TWIP. That's like my favorite, some of my favorite clients. wedding clients are TWIP listeners too. So um, I absolutely would love that. Fantastic. Yeah. And if you want to learn more, we actually just had Jason Group on the show on TWIP Weddings uh, about a week ago, and he gave us kind of the skinny and the lowdown on what to expect at 20 uh, WPPI 2016. So if you want to learn more about WPPI, hop on over to our TWIP Weddings and give that show a listen. And I will be there this year as well. So we can meet up, Sarah. We'll, we'll, we'll yes, bump into you we should. Or something, so. Excellent. Good I, oh, I guess we should have said when it is. It's oh, March yeah. 6th through the 10th. <laughs> They're like, when is it? When is it? Just tell me. And it's in Las Vegas, Nevada. Yes. Um, yeah. At the MGM. And you can stay either at the MGM or at the Signature. So there's there's lots of options. You can stay anywhere you want. But yeah. um, definitely come join us. It's a, it's a blast. It is a lot of fun. 15,000 they're expecting this year. So. Oh, my goodness. Yeah. So it's a wow. big, big event. It's fun. Derek, have you been to WPPI? Oh, yeah. It's a yep. good show. I love the show. And, you know, the 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 floor is fun, too, at WPPI. Oh, yeah. I think it's one of the better floors for demonstrations. And, and you know, you can just walk around to the different, you know, like someone's doing lighting and, and they'll be doing a shoot right there with a photographer that knows what he or she's doing. And, and you can learn a lot just hanging out on the floor. So it's a good show. It's a really yeah, good show. Yeah, it's a very, very good show. Yeah. Excellent. What have you got for us this week? What's your pick this week, Derek? I'm I'm going to do a street shooting bag, uh, one that I carried around in in Austin. Let me see. Can we see this here? Yeah. If you're watching the video, we've yeah, got Derek yeah. showing it on the video there. It's um it's it's kind of new. It's different for a low pro. It's uh, called the Streetline SL140, and right away you can see that uh, unlike a lot of uh, low pro bags from the past, it's very skinny. <laughs> it's it very is skinny. very skinny. It almost looks like a laptop bag. Yeah, it's very stylish. Um, and uh, what they did was that I really like, and what I do is I put this bag in my suitcase, and then I pull it out when I get there. But they created this system inside where these things open up. And so oh, instead okay. of doing foam insert, which just takes up a lot of room and doesn't squish, it has these accordion pockets. And when you're not using them, you can fold them back flat. Oh, and uh, it's just a really nice bag. It's, it's, this particular size, the 140, is made more for uh, street shooters, for mirrorless cameras and and Leicas and stuff like that. And then they have a, a bigger bag. Uh, but it's comfortable. And even though it's not very big here, uh, I can even get, if I wanted to, I could get my 13-inch uh, MacBook Pro in there, uh, iPad, all that. And I carried it all day. I mean, we had like 12-hour days and stuff. And it was super comfortable. So um, I, I like it a lot. It's the Streetline SL140. And um, it's, uh, it's kind of a change in direction for these guys. I'm yeah, happy to see it. Cool. I'd have to check really that stylish. out. Very, very stylish. Uh, super yeah. stylish. Yeah. 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 Always in the quest for the we're never we never ever find the perfect bag, right? We're always on the quest for the perfect <laughs> camera bag. Yeah, lots yeah. lots of bags. That's the that's the perfect bag. I have I have a closet full of the perfect camera yeah. bags, yes. Yeah. <laughs> Derek, you're so stylish and trendy. I know, I know. It's just like yeah. this is wearing it. You know, it's a, I I will tell you this to that point, Sarah. So I you know, we were when we were in Austin, you know, we we're with uh, you know, reporters from DP review and imaging resource, all that. 
it's the first time I ever had a bunch of photographers coming up to me asking me what a bag was. You know, what bag is that? And that wow. never happens. So oh. I go, yeah, oh, I go, that's, oh, it. that's interesting. Impressive. I like that. Yeah, I'll have to check those out because I have low pro bags and I really like their bags. So mm-hmm. I will check them out. Great pick. Good stuff. Well, I've got two picks um, this week. The first one is just multiple accounts have been added to Instagram. Yay. So Yay. if you use Instagram and you have more than one account, um, they've now made it easier to manage uh, multiple accounts in Instagram. So you can actually go into your profile. Now they're rolling this out. It's like a phased rollout, I think. I don't have it yet on mine, but apparently it's oh it's coming. And then, so if you're managing multiple um, you know, Instagram accounts, now you, you have the ability to add um, another account. So you don't have to like log out and log in to a different account if you want to post to a different Instagram account. So that's kind of cool. And that then my is amazing. Yes. Cool. It's like, been, I think, yes. Yay. <laughs> finally, most requested it's finally cool. Yeah. I mean, I, I, my daughter has her own Instagram already. She's only one, but you, you should definitely check it out. It's really cute. Cool. Uh, but that's impossible, like going back and forth. So that was great news. Yeah. Thanks. For- so that's Thanks. coming. Yeah. So if you don't see it yet, it's being rolled out. So apparently it will be coming to an Instagram near you soon. And my other pick um, is actually a, uh, a sort of a subsite on the National Geographic website, and it's the it's a proof.nationalgeographic.com, and it's a really interesting site. Have either of you guys um, visited Proof? I have not. It's uh, it's really interesting. So it's basically um, from the photographers and the photo editors' standpoint of it's kind of their point of view on the story behind uh, different photo shoots. Mm. Um, so you know they'll pick up different assignments and different stories that they've covered. Um, like so, for one example, that's one that I'm looking at right now is a girl gives birth. It's an intimate look at teen motherhood in Latin America, and so it's the whole kind of background story about what went in to cover that assignment and the shoot and some of the the photographs from that and the storytelling. It's a it's a fabulous site. Like I could just sit and look at the photography on this site. I'm a, I love photojournalism. Um, that's probably my favorite genre of photography is photojournalism. And, and so this is a, just a fantastic site. And I, I hadn't heard about it until just recently. And uh, there's just tons of, tons of uh, good content on there to consume. So proof.nationalgeographic.com is where that lives. Hmm. Worth checking out. Yay. And yeah. Another yeah. something to do when I should be doing work. Yes, exactly. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we just need more distractions. Yes. Right? <laughs> I hear you. I hear you. Well, before we, we're kind of near the end of the show, but before we uh, sign off, what uh, what do you guys have planned in the in the coming months? Sarah, we talked about one thing you've got planned. But, uh, I else? know. Well, now I, I like I definitely am going to be at WPPI. I'll, I didn't mention what booths I'll be at, but I'll be at the um, I'll be swinging by the Fineo booth, uh, Shoot Q, Fundy, um, and probably Shoot Edit. So I'll be on the floor a lot. And again, Tuesday at eight thirty in the morning, you can um, come see my platform class. And then, um, yeah, I mean, otherwise we're just, we're, we're starting to build the new, new websites for the business and, um, that's exciting. So we've been spending a lot of time doing that and just launching our city of Austin and looking at a couple other cities that we might be uh, launching as well. So we're busy over here. Fantastic. Sarah France taking over the world. (laughs) One wedding at a time. One wedding at a time. (laughs) Excellent. Yeah. Very good. Derek, what have you got coming up? Uh, I'm working on, I'm putting the finishing touches on a training for, uh, for Linda on Capture One Pro 9, which I'm super excited about. 
Excellent. Uh, uh, having migrated from Aperture, so uh, mm-hmm. and um, mm-hmm. in, in love with its um, raw uh, raw processing. And then uh, I'm writing a, uh, this month. I'm also writing a book for Rocky Nook on uh, Photosaurus 10. So oh wow, so. which is um, the the two different ends of the of the platter there. Yeah, for sure. I was going to say, yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> there. <laughs> a little something for everyone. That's um, excellent. That's good. So yeah, I keep hearing great things about Capture One. I haven't had a chance to check it out yet myself. I'm pretty ingrained in Lightroom, but I keep hearing good things about it. So one of these days, when I have nothing else to do, I'm going to sit down and, and take a closer look at Capture One. I should say, I should say, uh, I just had a ebook launch today. It's a freebie from Rocky Nook, and it's for people that or want to look at migrating from uh, either Lightroom or Aperture, I do sections for both, to uh, Capture One Pro. Uh, there's a lot of built-in tools, and I present a whole plan on how to do it and how to move your stuff and what actually comes over and what shape it's in and all that stuff. So it's a free oh. ebook on rockynook.com. Oh, fantastic. We'll yeah. put a link uh, to that. I'll have to get yeah. you to send me the link, and we'll, put that, we'll link to that in the uh, blog post for this episode. That is fantastic. Well, I've got, um, I'll be at WPPI this year as well. Um, I'm not presenting. I'm just there um, representing TWIP and I'll just be taking in the classes and taking in the expo and walking the show floor. So if you see me, uh, come on up and say hi. I'll be, you know, bopping around there. Um, I'll definitely plan to, to meet up with Sarah at some point. I'll try and pop in and say hi because we actually have never met in, you know, in the real world. So <laughs> yeah. Well, yeah. Come up and say hi. And I'm a, I'm a poor, starving Canadian, so I, I'm going to get a shirt that'll say, you know, I'm Canadian, buy me a drink because it's too expensive <laughs> in the U.S. So that's, <laughs> that's a great idea. So I'll yeah, buy you so a I'll, drink. I'll be at that. And then I'm also going to be at the uh, Canada Photo Convention, which is taking place in uh, Vancouver, April 5th to the 7th. So that's uh, another great conference that I'll be attending uh, coming up. Oh, that's that sounds fun. I, this is one of my favorite cities. Yeah, Vancouver's a great city, so I'm looking forward to going out there in the yeah. spring and uh, some really great speakers, really great. My friend Jasser has organized this, and it's been going now. This is the third year, and he's expanded it now. It happens in Vancouver and Toronto. Fabulous conference. He gets in some really, really exceptional oh, speakers. Wow. Um, and it's uh, a lot of wedding and portrait photographers, but it's kind of open to all mm-hmm. photographers and all genres and covers a wide range of topics. But it's really it's a smaller, intimate conference. It's less, you know, it's a couple hundred people. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's really a chance to kind of get to, to interact with other photographers. And uh, it's a lot of, I've never been. This is my first time going to it. So I'm looking forward to that. Yeah, it sounds well. awesome. So yeah, it should be good. All right. Well, that brings us to the end of another episode of TWIP. I want to thank uh, you guys for helping us keep the, the the train on the tracks. And I don't think we crashed the mothership, so we can return it safe and sound to Frederick and he'll be able to drive it safely next week. I don't think we bent the rims or did anything, scratched it or dented it. We want to uh, thank FreshBooks for their support. And uh, where can our audience go if they want to follow you guys and keep up with what you're up to. Miss France, where can they go? Uh, they can go to either sarahfrance.com or francephotographers.com, mm-hmm. both. And um, I do have a Google Plus page. I have a Facebook page. I'm multiple France photographers myself as well. And of course, on Instagram, we love Instagram as well. And you can follow France photographers or you can follow me. Excellent. Or both. Very good. Because <laughs> you'll be able to easily post from both now. With your <laughs> oh my yeah. gosh. So, I'm so excited. That was like the best thing I've I've heard in so long. That's nice. amazing news. Very good. And Mr. Story, where can they go to keep up with uh, the digital story, thedigitalstory.com and all the links to Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all that stuff's right there. So That is the central hub. That is the hub. That's where everything runs through. Excellent. 
Excellent. And when's your training on lynda.com uh, going to be live? When's that? I really am hoping we're we're in editing right now, so I'm really hoping that it'll be out by the end of the month. You know, excellent. So. Very, very. So we'll stay off it. that National Geographic site for the next couple of weeks. Yeah, I, I've then... really got. I really got to stay. <laughs> got to finish the darn book. <laughs> yeah, get that, get that done. Excellent, good stuff. Very good. And well, if you're if you're looking for me, um, you can find me at my website, which is momentsanddigital.com. Uh, again, there's links to everything there. Um, if you're looking for me on the social medias, uh, Bruce Clark with an E at the end of Clark, uh, most of the social medias, Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, all that good stuff. And uh, if you want to, if you're a wedding photographer or a portrait photographer, uh, and you want to learn more about the, the world of wedding photography, the business of wedding photography, the creative side of it, uh, come on over and give our show a listen. And myself, uh, Robert Evans and Brian Caparici host a bi weekly show called twip weddings on the twip network so we'd love to have you over there if you enjoy that type of photography and uh of course be sure to visit our website at thisweekinphoto.com and with that it's time to take that lens cap off Photo is a PixelCore.tv production, produced by Suzanne Llewellyn, with technical producers John Riley and Alutha Jamakar. <laughs>